Einen schönen guten Tag. This is Walrus and the Bear, the podcast where we slice Berlin in tiny little pieces and crazy glue it back together again. Today we have a story of my neighborhood, a story of gentrification and forced eviction. Here's the latest anti-gentrification protest. Several hundred Kreuzbergers rallied on the street in support of the Café Filou, a French-style bakery on Reichenberger Straße. After 20 years in operation, the bakery is being evicted by investors from London, who reportedly told the business that their cafe no longer fits the Berlin spirit. Um, but despite all these protests, there's actually nothing that can be done because commercial properties have far less prote uh, protection than residential ones. So if an owner wants to cancel a contract, he can. So this is a story with a twist and we're going to talk about it. Here to dissect this particular lemon are Izzy and Krizzy. Hey guys, what is up? Hi. Hey. Izan, of course, being my amazing co-host Otter and Christian Conradi of 4000 Hertz. Uh, they are here today to discuss the paracles around Café Filou. Now, what kind of a word is that? Paracles? Paracles? Is that not a word? I have no idea if paracles? that's a word. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Parameters? I don't speak any English. Parameters. <laughs> well, well, we'll talk about it furthermore. Commercial break. Guys, summer is finally here. I'm standing outside, the sun is shining in my face. It's warm, it feels nice, it's all great. Though it also has people worrying. Um, global warming and climate change are seen as the biggest threat that is facing humanity today. Now the Heinrich Böll Foundation has dedicated a five-part series. And you can find it at böll.de slash tipping point. Just imagine gigantic masses of ice melting, flooding major cities around the world, bringing more extreme weather events into Europe. You might think these events are looming way off in the future, but on a geological time scale, these tipping points may not be that far away. Check out the climate change podcast called Tipping Point at böll.de slash tipping point. That is böll with B-O-E-L-L dot D-E slash tipping point. Surely it should be up to the market to decide whether a bakery is good or bad, not to the uh, owner of the building. Now, this story gripped me uh, because it's actually right in my backyard. It's in the Reichenberger Straße. Um, and I first heard about it on Radio Spätkopf. That's the Berlin News podcast. And in fact, that British owner, whose name is Mr. Charles Skinner, and that's uh, Joel Dolroy speaking, by the way. He recently told a local newspaper that the reason he cancelled the contract was that the quality of the cafe was, in his opinion, very poor, and he wants a better bakery in the building. Shut up. <laughs> so anyway, we have um, an owner of a building threatening to kick out the bakery that's in its building. Um, and that is, of course, not very friendly, but also something that is not very uncommon in Berlin. I mean, we have heard of these stories before. Uh, however, in this particular case, the eviction took a rather interesting turn. Now, Before I get you guys involved, I'd like to start this from the beginning. And um, I actually... And this is uh, Konstantin Sergio. It was in 2015, June 2015, when... Uh, Konstantin is actually the one who contacted me because he had heard one of the episodes we made in the podcast. Uh, actually, that was your podcast about, um, like your your immediate neighborhood like where you lived around your flat as you are interested in focusing on the city on these different aspects social and political aspects 
Um, it would be, I think, good for you to uh, document that because this is something that is right now happening. So and that thing that he's talking about, that thing that is now happening, um, that is actually people organizing themselves to stop forced evictions. Now, Constantine himself is involved in something called Beatum Keats, and he brings up this example because it's quite a well-known example in Berlin, and it actually has a lot of similarities with the story that I'm going to tell you know, to you today, and the story about Café Filou. Uh, Adeli uh, was about to 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 close because uh, the owner of the of the building he kind of he wanted it out. This deli was kind of uh, it was a Turkish deli uh, called Bizim Bakal, which means like our our deli, our de uh, our deli shop, um, and they built up uh, like a neighborhood initiative which is called Bizim Keats. Our Keats and Keats is a is a word it, you can translate it as hood our hood in a way. Now, this Bizum Keats, uh, they became really successful, uh, this organization, this neighborhood assembly. They got a lot of press coverage, but also they they stopped the, the deli from closing down. So, so, so what exactly did they do? I mean, how did they stop closing it down? Well, for example, they organized protests in the neighborhood, but they also started sending postcards to the owner. So they asked a lot of people in the neighborhood to write a postcard. They had the address or with a sticker posted on these postcards. And all of a sudden, the owner got a hundred postcards in their mailbox. So they got really inclusive, uh, really creative with this whole idea. Uh, started to make sure that he got bad press. And all of a sudden, the owner wanted to talk with the people and eventually decided not to close the business down. Uh, after the different um, successes which the, the, the struggles or the protests brought, um, more people get interested in it and, and also people who are affected by different kinds of, uh, um, of displacement. Bizum Keats could not always help everyone out. You know, they tried, of course, but a lot of people started writing Bizum Keats because they were so well known. But if someone just wants to raise the rents in, within the legal constraints, there's actually very little you can do about it. Uh, and especially shops had a really difficult time to actually do something about uh, them being kicked out because as it appears um, shops have very little rights in in this whole renting business the contracts of uh, shops in berlin and in germany in general they have like no security whatsoever uh, there are shops for example who can get uh, uh, get thrown out every month and and i thought that kind of sucks. Yeah, I had no idea it was that easy to get kicked out if you have a have a business. I mean, I, I, that was something that really surprised me when I heard this. Now, and here we get also back to the bakery again, the Café Filou story, because they got kicked out as well. This is uh, Joel from Radio Spätkauf speaking again. Not long ago, one of the cases that popped up was that of Café Filou in Reichenbergstrasse. Café Filou, it's a normal little bakery. There's there's nothing particularly special about it. I personally have never actually eaten there. And uh, they were told by the owner of the building that they would not have their contract renewed. So this is just to clarify, this is the big bad boy from London, right? This is the big bad boy from London. And he decided to cancel the, the contract. Uh, but we don't know exactly why. I mean, I tried to contact him. Um, uh, we did get in some... We know why. We, <laughs> he, he, Come on. He actually made some statements by himself um, already on Radio Spätkopf. So we do have some inkling of why he might have wanted to cancel the contract. Money. There was a lot of um, misleading information. One of the main ones was that everybody thought this was about rent. I've been here as an investor for 11 years. And in that time, 
we have the rent in this particular premises in 2006 was 905 euros per month. We had a new heating system, a steam heating system put into the premises and which was considered a modernization. And the rent went up by 25 euros to 930 euros per month in 2012. And guess what the rent is today? 930. So it wasn't a question of rent. Whoa, okay. So what's, why did he kick them out then? Oh, I have an idea. He wants to open his own shop. It was his, his whole dream no. for his whole life. I want to. I want my own shop. That's why I kicked them out to fulfill my dream. Um, he, he really didn't say exactly why he wanted to kick these people out. But in the Tagesspiegel, he is actually quoted saying he wanted to have a real bakery instead of the Café Filou and that there was actually a long-standing conflict between the runners of the bakery and, and himself. So he thought this was the final straw. Whatever occurred, he decided not to renew the contract. And then Filou found themselves um, in a position where they'd had to leave um, and they put up a fight about it. Meine oder unsere erste Motivation, das überhaupt öffentlich zu machen, war, dass wir uns einfach ungerecht behandelt gefühlt haben. Und this is Daniel Spielbeck, who together with his wife Nadja Wagner actually runs the bakery. Denn diesen Laden gibt es ja seit 20 Jahren. And he explains that their motivation to go public with this story was because they felt treated unjustly. Versuchen können, die Eigentümer zu erreichen, sie zum Gespräch aufzufordern. So not being able to come to an agreement with the owner, uh, they decided to take matters into their own hands. Am Flyer gedruckt und zu einer Kiezversammlung. Eingeladen. So they started to print flyers, they started to talk with their customers, of course, and they also contacted the people of Beats and Keats, of who we heard earlier in the story. Just to play and devil's advocate here, though, you know, if this, if this owner wants to move these guys out to improve the quality of the bakery, shouldn't he be allowed to do that? I mean, we do live in a capitalist country here. Like, why? what's the problem with that? Well, I, 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 I think you're right, in a sense. According to the law, this is absolutely legitimate. But I mean, the quality cannot be the official argument to kick them out. No, but here's the thing. Organizing protests is also not illegal, right? So what they're basically doing is organizing the neighborhood and telling the owner, we want Café Filou to stay. They feel that this shop has to remain, then they organize around it and they organize protests. And then it goes like you have demonstrations or you can write the owners, uh, like a lot of people write the owners. And of course you contact the media and Bizenkeats has a huge, like it's very famous now. So um, the media also react. So the owner gets bad press. We have seen it over and over. They hate it when their name is in the, is in the papers. They hate it if they are portrayed as uh, unsocial, uh, uh, irresponsible people who just care about like profit. And yeah, So there was all of a sudden a, a big neighborhood um, coming together to save Café Filou. Uh, and even though the protests became bigger and bigger, things also started to get out of hand. Unfortunately, it also got a bit ugly. The Filou case also attracted a certain element of people who used it as a way of trying to protest against foreigners moving into Berlin. Mm. Unfortunately, there are some people who believe they have a left-wing perspective 
who use very right-wing language and right-wing uh, mentality at the same time. They say, we want to protect our neighborhoods against neighborhood change. We want to protect our housing uh, against high prices. Uh, they see lots of foreigners moving here, and then they connect the two, and they say, well, in that case, we don't want foreigners in our neighborhoods. And now we're going to get into really tricky waters. Um, we're going to talk all about this, uh, how things are going to get out of hand, uh, but we'll do that after the break. And now we're in the break time. And because you're already here, Christian, maybe you could explain a little bit about your podcast. You're making something really cool called System Failure or um, uh, f- uh, fuck. System Failure. <laughs> yeah, system fa- yeah that, that's, that's a good explanation for what I'm doing. I'm trying to get that my head around mistakes. No, but you, you're, you're making this podcast, which, which I think is amazing. And you, you recently made a three-part episode or a three-part well, it's gonna series. It's going to be a four-part episode no uh, series, but the, now the third part is like on its way to come out um, and it's uh, we just took many many drugs and get really get really stoned in a <laughs> yeah. seriously yeah serious? yeah i mean not like really not like true traditional drugs but we tried audio drugs have you audio ever heard of that yeah because you can manipulate your brain with sound to make you high no yeah. way to simulate why are we not doing this all the time why are we not I doing thought this you did. I thought you did because whenever I listen to to Warren and the Bear, I think they, they must be high. No, it's just, it's just ketamine. Audio drugs. That is, we have to get into that, Warren. You can listening to the podcast. <laughs> back to the program. So we're back and we're discussing how the protests to prevent the bakery from getting kicked out are going to take a turn for the worse. So right next door to Café Filou, at the same time, a new restaurant opened called Vertical, which was opened uh, by an American uh, restaurateur, Claire Dorsey. Uh, She opened it, and it's a very nice-looking place, uh, and people connected the two, the opening of the new restaurant and the closing of the old café. Another connector is that the uh, the owner of the building is the same person. So they saw the owner of this property with a new fancy-looking restaurant at the bottom of, an, of the building next door. So, so right at the moment that Café Filo uh, got to hear that they were going to close down, a restaurant opens next door, which is actually in the same building that um, Charles Skinner owns. So he owns two of these buildings, and one of them is Café Filo. The other one, a brand new restaurant opens next door. Very fancy one, I guess. Well, it's, it's fancier than Café Filo. It must be August 2015. Um, a man named Charlie Skinner happened to walk from Kotti down to Reichenberger Glogastrasse, where he owned a couple buildings and was building a new building and stopped into my store and bought a picture frame. So this is uh, Claire Dorsey. She's the manager of the newly opened restaurant. And he told me, yeah, I'm building this building with this concept and green and trying to be sustainable and there's a space. I wrote a business plan again and I um, presented it to him to do a seasonal modern European restaurant in a beautiful space, in a space where I knew there was no one who was being kicked out. And he became my investor for the project. So you had like a very like a strange situation that you had this, this uh, bakery, which the owner wanted out. He told them that he wouldn't renew the contract. And, um, but like he lived upstairs he owned the building, the whole building, but also the new building next to Café Filou and was also interested in, 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 in the restaurant that it runs well, uh, which was next to Café Filou. So he was 
kind of immersed already in the neighborhood. He was like, willingly or unwillingly, he was like an easy target, if you will. Oh, 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 oh. Easy target doesn't sound that good. So he's actually living upstairs in the in the in this house. Exactly. So that that is also making this quite interesting because this is someone who uh, has a face and someone who is actually present when these demonstrations can take place. Oh, I just imagined him as like a faceless bureaucrat from a London city tower. I realized there was a problem as of January, mid-January. That was when I first got some insults on my private Facebook page. But when I realized there was a, a tremendous problem, one that was out of my control, was that on January 27th, I went to the Keats for Samlon, and I heard what people said, and people talked about me, even though I was standing there, and they said wrong things. And then afterwards, um, I stuck around, and I spoke directly to 20, 30 people, and I told these people I, who I am, what I'm doing, where I have the money from. I didn't hide that I have an investor, and the investor happens to be also the owner of the buildings, um, that I have nothing to do with the rental contract of the bakery next door. Um, and then, 30 minutes later, about 20 to 30 people came storming into the restaurant Friday night around 8.30. That is right after the Right after the meeting. And they were saying, And that means, take back the termination of contract immediately right now. And with that they mean the termination of the bakery. So people really stormed into a restaurant demanding that somehow she does something about this termination of the bakery. And then at the end of February was a really quick escalation of things where on a Sunday night before the attack, I think the attack was March 1st or 2nd, um, Sunday night um, I was attacked on the street. Oh. Monday night, Auslander Bonzinraus was spray painted on the wall. Which means uh, foreign bigwigs out. Doorbell from the building was ripped out. And then Wednesday night was the night of the attack, in which was a very highly organized attack because we have jalouse, we have shutters that we put down every night. And at 10.30, after the last customer walked out the door, I had three employees here in the restaurant. And... Uh, Everyone stood outside the doors, the attackers, they were completely covered, and everyone at the same time broke the windows. So it wasn't one after another, it was really very organized. They stood there, broke the windows, and then ran off. Assholes. Wow. Unbelievable. So this is this is where we're now at. You know, we have the Café Filo, of course, organizing demonstrations, but in the course of that, we also see this happening. Who are these people who are doing this? Well, they, they actually announced uh, this or claimed responsibility for this on a website. They did it anonymously, which makes it really difficult also to spot who they are. I also spoke with the people from Bizum Kids and they said, like, we, we strictly condemn this. We have no idea who they were. Um, but of course, this is happening in the wake of all of this. So here we have a restaurant that is employing local people that is... Um creating a business that uh, is charging more than you might normally have previously paid in Kreuzberg for your meal. Uh, but nevertheless, it's a business that is operating and it's now being or has been, it was targeted by protesters as a symbol of uh, of, of the cha neighborhood change. And they smashed the windows and uh, the, as Claire will tell you, she's been personally attacked on the streets. So this is a case of an anti-gentrification protest 
going too far and taking on the language of xenophobia and uh, fear of our, of fear of foreigners. And that's a very unfortunate turn of events. Luckily, there is also some light to the end of this very dark tunnel. Wir haben uns auch an die Politik gewendet, an die um, Bezirksverordnetenversammlung. So during the protest around Café Filo, a man called Christian Ströbele became involved. Uh, Christian, you might have heard of this man. Yeah, Green Party, like he's a real icon in Kreuzberg and he's been around for decades. So, and Ströbele invited them to do a roundtable discussion at the Bundestag, which is the, the German government. Before I this visit abgestattet hatte or fast gleichzeitig, wurde bei einem anderen Lokal, dem oder in dem Nachbarhaus, die Fensterscheiben eingekloppt. So, this is uh, Christian Ströbele, who actually uh, heard about the broken windows of the restaurant Vertical. Und gezeigt hat, das ist wirklich ein Brennpunkt im Kiez jetzt. And then that was for him really the, this indi indication that there was something really wrong in the neighborhood. Ich habe dann mit den äh, Ladeninhabern, mit der Familie erörtert, was machen wir. Und dann habe ich gesagt, ich lade euch ein. So he invited the whole bunch, everyone that is involved in this particular story. Und an diesem Tag fanden hier wo wir hier sitzen, sehr intensive und sehr streitige Diskussionen statt. Classic Ströbele. So, so hang on, It's yeah. the, the, the guys from Filou, Café Filou, and the investors from London and Ströbele met. In yes. the Bundestag. And, and also the people from uh, Biesemkiez. Okay, uh, so everyone, like, how, how, do you know how many people turned up there? Six. Six, okay. I, I don't know if, if, if they can, I'm, I'm interested in if they reached any... Well, agreement. So, so according to both Mr. Ströbele and Daniel Spülbeck of uh, Café Filou, these discussions didn't really go that well. Um, there were some huge miscommunications that were cleared, but at the end of the evening, everyone was yeah, basically going home thinking like, okay, well, that, that was it. We tried, but it, we got really nowhere. Uh, but then something happens. Und dann kam das, bekam das Ganze eigentlich einen sehr erstaunlichen und total unverhofften Verlauf, denn eine halbe Stunde nach dem Gespräch hatten wir... So maybe half an hour after the meeting was over and everyone was sort of like going out, sort of like, ah, oh, this is not going to happen. Uh, Mr. Spielberg receives an email from the owners, so the, the Brit British owners, uh, if they couldn't meet again the next day. Now, they were a little bit reluctant to actually do this. They, they didn't know what was going to come, come of it. Uh, but in the end, they agreed to to meet Mr. Skinner again. Meine Frau und unsere große Tochter, die auch bei dem Gespräch am Vortag dabei war, haben sich dann mit den beiden getroffen und sie haben dann, oh Wunder, die Kündigung zurückgenommen. Wow. And Why? in that meeting, the owner suddenly announced to cancel the eviction of Café Filo. Incredible. Why? Okay, yeah, I want to know why. <laughs> Meine Frau hat mich angerufen, ich habe es nicht geglaubt. Ich habe es einfach nicht geglaubt. Wir haben Monate darum gekämpft. So when it, when his wife called him, he he, he couldn't believe it. There was so there's so many things leading up to this. You couldn't simply believe it. Just yeah, as surprised as Daniel is, I guess. I mean, I wouldn't believe it. After all these protests, I mean, there were windows smashed and people being attacked, and then. After sitting down in the Bundestag, you change your mind? So, of, of course, we should. The only one who really knows this is Charles Skinner, the one who I didn't get to speak for this uh, for this um, podcast. But here he is talking uh, at Radio Spätkopf. I had a meeting with a politician called Christian Schröbler, 
Um, a great guy, Green Party. Um, I spoke with him at length uh, one day on our own because I had a partner. And uh, it was very uh, enlightening and a fantastic meeting, actually. Um, and the following day, we had a, a, a roundtable meeting with Bitsim Keats, uh, Christian Schrebler, the owners of Café Filou, and um, a couple of other people, and a fantastic interpreter, actually. Out of the meeting, which was lengthy, and a lot of things were said, and uh, there was a bit of emotion in the room as well because of all the racist attacks and the violence and, uh, and such. Um, um, at the end, uh, a lot of good came out of it because... Um, in the end, we saw reason, and uh, it's more um, not a financial thing, it's a moral thing, and they're probably right, and a lot of mistakes have been made along the way, not just from us, but from them, but everybody, and I think that there's going to be a good coming together, and out of it, I think that we're going to um, design something, and I hope to do this with uh, Christian Stroebler. I would like to de design a different kind of um, uh, contract for uh, commercial properties whereby that they get an automatic renewal of their contract rather than just something that goes down to zero and then people like me can have the power just to say no. So, so let me recap that for a second. Not only did he stop the eviction and renew the contract, he also initiated a process to design a new kind of contract between owners and businesses. <laughs> Is he trying to get a prize or something? A prize for like the best businessman 2017? I mean, I think there's a couple of things at play here, right? I think one, I do think it helps to have the conversation in the Bundestag, you know, to invite people over at the government and then all of a sudden it becomes a bit more weighty. You get of course them really speaking with Café Filou at a certain level uh, but I also think it's Claire Dorsey who really uh, and according to everyone that I spoke they said like Claire really made an effort to convince the owners to keep the café and just change their, their minds a little bit uh, I, I think also what is really important to realize is that and we spoke about this in the beginning like they are protesting right in front of his doorstep if 150 people are screaming that you're an asshole you know and they are not doing it just once but they're doing it several times and you see your news in the me in the, in the newspaper your, your name in the newspaper i i do think that can have a certain effect you know as as you as a person yeah i mean i would feel shitty i guess <laughs> i mean but it's it's interesting that he actually stayed there and did his thing and tried to find a solution he could just move somewhere else or sell the whole thing um, you know, but he stayed there and 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 did his uh, did something that he thought is right, and that's something yeah. bold, I guess. So after the vocal protests, the attacks, the vandalism, the owner of the property, Charles Skinner, the British investor, changed his mind. Uh, he had a change of heart after many interventions by the owner of the restaurant, by local politicians, he decided to allow the Café Filou to stay and to renew its contract. And not only that, to, be, to, to create a new kind of contract that would renew automatically at, uh, upon its end. So it wouldn't be possible for it to end uh, as it did last time without renewal. Uh, now, Mr. Ströbele of the Green Party is very keen on making this, this actually this example treaty or this, this new rental contract into a symbolic example also for other businesses to take over. I think that we have a Muster-Vertrag, 
der dann auch von anderen übernommen werden soll, der Beispielcharakter hat. And we have already actually seen several initiatives by the current coalition in Berlin to strengthen the rights of businesses and rents. And this is partly due to the developments around Filou. What do you take away from this entire story? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a nice story. It's because it has a good ending and um, it seems like all the parties involved somehow made their peace. Um, but what I was also thinking about is would, uh, would the same effect um, have been, would have taken place if there weren't these violent things happening? Because they, I can imagine, put a lot of pressure on, on the people and As we all share, I, I believe, this is not a legitimate way to protest. But we can't tell what would have happened without it. Now, what I heard from speaking to both Daniel Spurman and Claire Dorsey is that the dust really has settled down um, in, in the neighborhood. In Café Filou, there's a little box where people can actually donate money to fix the windows of the restaurant. And overall, I think everyone is glad that the protests are over and everyone can sort of like go about their day. But I think there's one thing that I think is also really important to take away from this entire story. The bakery probably wouldn't have been there without the Keats coming into action. I want to thank you both, Otter and Christian, uh, for being the surrogate audience today. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. Uh, then a huge thanks to everyone who lent me their side of this interesting story. Constantine, Sergio, Daniel Spülmann, Claire Dorsey, Joel Dolroy, and of course, Christian Ströbele. A uh, big shout out to the team of Radio Spätkauf, through whom I learned about this story and who very kindly let me use some of their audio. Uh, you can listen to their podcast at radiospätkauf.com. That is Spätkauf with A-E. Music by the insanely talented Mark Schilders, L.Y. Felidis, and Svetny. The show was produced on the fourth floor of the 4000 Hertz headquarters in Berlin, Germany. This is it. Next month, we have new audio gold for you and a bit of a transformation. Thousand Hertz Production.